Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec Government Office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today, I'm very excited to be with Alexandre Abitan. He is the CMO of Modesto. It's a company that has been around for decades, and they are a great distributor based in Montreal. Alex, um, I want to thank you again for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks, Ryan. It's a pleasure to uh, be on this call with you. Yeah, and you know, I guess just before we start, you know, because I mentioned Mamodexel, and you probably reiterate the fact that it's been in business a very long time. But can you just give um, a brief overview about who is Modexel and also your role in Modexel? Absolutely. So Modexel is uh, a privately held um, fashion and apparel importer and distributor. We've been established since 1981, uh, based in Montreal, Canada. Actually, proud to say that my father, Henry Abiton, started the business himself in 1981. And my role, um, other than being his son, obviously, is the chief marketing officer and also involved in sales for the Canadian part of the business, as well as some business development in terms of bringing new brands and licensing opportunities to the company. And you guys do a lot of distribution for all North America, correct? Or the Canada and the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, for the most of our brands, we like to work with North America. In some cases, it will be strictly Canada. But um, as I said, we're Canadian-based, but the, the the lion's share of our business is in the U.S. So we always try to get distribution rights for the North American continent to work as well with Mexico, which has also been a lucrative business for us. We've even worked with the European market in the past, but we've kind of refocused our business to really focus on North America. This leads me to my question, because you asked, as a distributor, you guys have skin in the game. You take a lot more risk than say if you were a sales agent you're like okay you know here's the retainer you know that i charge and here's the commission i ask you know it's true that you're taking on the goods so what is the process like in trying to scout and actually work with a new brand what you look for that's a good point right yeah we, we definitely act above and beyond the uh, the standard showroom or, or sales agent commission sort of structure we we are responsible from a to z to import the merchandise to uh, not only sell the, the the brand, but get involved as well as in, in terms of marketing, PR, online. In many cases, we, we operate e-commerce and backend of the brands that we work with for the North American market. So to answer that question, we try to look for a brand that has a specific niche that is going to serve a purpose. I think the storytelling remains very, very important in our business and especially in our market. Uh, so something that, again, serves a purpose to our retail partners and ultimately to the end consumer that's buying the product and also that fits with the North American lifestyle and market in terms of styling, in terms of coloration, in terms of functionality, really going after that North American uh, lifestyle. And of course, there are certain topics like sustainability, which are on everybody's radar today. So we do uh, look in a very important way for brands that have some sort of a sustainable component. I think it's uh, very important in today's environment. But you know what you provide is such an asset even if you do their econ that's another you know that's a, another element in itself but it's very important yeah it, we're, we're a unique partner in that way because we're able to do um, many things we're kind of a one-stop shop so a, a brand you know from europe or other parts of the world will come to us and will ask us uh, typically to handle their wholesale and e-commerce business so we're able to do all of the above um and we've you know we've had a great experience working with our partners and brands so far and one of the brands that you guys did bring to the U.S. market or the North American market, I should say, is Save the Duck, which I think most consumers know because it has a, a presence at all the major retailers like Saks and Blue Maze, among others. Can you share about how you discovered this brand and brought it to the American market? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a pretty interesting story. So um, how we came about Save the Duck is we 
We met with Nicholas Bargi, who is the uh, founder and current CEO of Save the Duck, uh, who started the brand himself. It's, uh, he's also running a family uh, business, a third generation business. And he had a, a brand of men's shirts that he was designing and developing for the local Italian market. So being that we've always been historically involved in menswear, we, uh, it was a natural fit for us to partner with him. So we imported his brand uh, into the Canadian and US market, and it was pretty successful. And coincidentally, um, you know, over the years in our relationship, he was developing another uh, kind of you know pet project, and that was the uh, Save the Duck uh, brand, no pun intended. So... Um, <laughs> We, we kind of, you know, we, we, we met at different trade shows. We met at his office in Milan a few times, you know, at different sales meetings. And he would always kind of show us what he was doing with that brand. And it obviously, you know, uh, you know, spiked our attention because, you know, the name is super interesting. And at the time, sustainability was not a hot topic of the moment. Uh, it only, you know, became over the years more and more important. So the name was interesting. The, the little duck and the logo was really cute. And just something that was very, very catchy. It was an English name that would definitely work. Uh, in the U.S. market predominantly. And yeah, we over the years, we, we started to pick up the brand and we started at the very, very beginning. So it was, a, it was an interesting partnership because when he started the brand, we really became his partner almost immediately for North America. Um, and I use the word partner because we, we really helped him to build the brand on the market. We're not, again, just another distributor for him. I think we represent his largest um, export market after Italy. Uh, and hopefully we'll be surpassing Italy in, in a few years to come. So uh, the rest of it was kind of history. And uh, yeah, we became partners and we built a, uh, a very successful business um, in a time where now sustainability is, is becoming, uh, as I said, you know, more important than ever and at top of mind for any major retailer and even consumer. But I, I don't want to give all the time to Save the Duck because it's a great brand, but are there any other brands that you want to mention that um, you distribute? Well, we do, um, you know, manufacture, uh, design and, and produce and obviously sell our own proprietary menswear brands. Um, the main one that you would know goes under uh, Report Collection, uh, which is a brand that we started in 1992. Um, so it's been uh, around in the market. It's a well-respected, uh, predominantly men's sportswear brand with obviously a dress uh, shirt component as well. And um, we continue to see significant growth year over year in that brand. So uh, you know, a lot of people don't know us as Modextil, which is our corporate name. They know us as the guys from Report or Report Collection. So that's really our DNA. That's our baby. And that's a brand that we're going to continue to grow, obviously, because we own it. And it's predominantly men's, um, which is how the company really started. So that's uh, that's definitely something that we take pride in as well, uh, in addition to obviously Save the Duck. Can you mention how COVID has changed your day-to-day -day and in particular wholesale? COVID has obviously been um, a huge challenge, you know, uh, to the world um, and to every industry. And of course, the uh, fashion and apparel industry is, is not an industry that was spared from COVID. For, for many struggling retailers, uh, you know, the pandemic kind of swept them away and they had to file for Chapter 11. So you saw a lot of um, major retail uh, chain stores completely uh, closing or restructuring. Uh, you saw the, uh, the notion, obviously, direct-to-consumer is becoming more important than ever. So focusing on your brand or your retail's uh, e-commerce is super, super important. Um, and that was the case for us at Modexil with all of our brands, our e-commerce business definitely grew significantly, especially when stores were shut. There is uh, coming out of COVID, um, looking you know optimistically and light at the end of the tunnel, there is a, uh, a very big demand for product, more so than ever, um, but it's mixed with a, a major global logistics issue uh, that's going on in the world right now, shortage of products, uh, rise in raw material costs, and also uh, shortage of containers and, and much longer lead time. So 
a lot, a lot of things to consider um, in a challenging environment. But as I said, there seems to be a very positive um, feedback at the end of the day from the consumers and from the stores that we work with. So from a business point of view, obviously, um, things I think are going to be quite prosperous uh, moving forward. At least that's where all the indications are. And if you're fortunate enough to have been able to rise above and kind of ride that wave of COVID, all signs are leading towards uh, good and prosperous times ahead with some challenges, of course, because, you know, business doesn't exist with, uh, without challenges. But we're, we're fortunate to be a part of that. And uh, we're happy that we, we made it through and we're, we're happy to be here and, uh, and to continue to work past COVID and, uh, and partner with all of our retailers. During COVID, how was it that you were able to pivot with all the problems within the supply chain, especially in the port collection and you're buying the fabrics and all that? First and foremost, we're proud to say that, you know, we've been in business for the last 40 years. So we honored all of our commitments with our suppliers and we made sure to have the merchandise uh, on hand, uh, to your point, Ryan, to fulfill all of our orders at a time where many brands and wholesalers were cutting back due to COVID. You know, there were a lot of order cancellations going on. If you read the sourcing journals and all these different papers on our industry worldwide, um, the, the supply chain was greatly affected. So we're, we're very proud to say that we, we honored all of our commitments. And because of that, we were able to support our customers that when business did come back, you know, we had the inventory needed uh, for them to grow, both for their stores and especially for their e-commerce business. Because as I said, e-commerce was booming uh, when the stores were closed. So having access to merchandise and and continuing to believe in our brands and our product, I think was an extreme uh, anomaly to, to what was going on in the industry at that time. Many people were scared, rightfully so. So we kind of stuck to our guns. We, we had a lot of conviction and we believe in, in, in our products. So we, um, we, we supported our, our partners that way by, uh, by basically just kind of honoring our commitments to our suppliers and ultimately delivering the product to them to make sure that they have enough product for, for their business. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And that's great for the long term. That's the idea. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Montreal or Quebec? Oh, yeah, I have lots to say. Listen, I was born and raised in this city. Uh, I, I've been fortunate to, to travel pretty much my whole life to... Uh, the U.S., Europe, uh, even Asia for work and for, for leisure. But um, Montreal is definitely my favorite city in the world. We have a great quality of life. So we have the European flair, the French-speaking language, which is very prominent in Montreal and the province of Quebec, of course. But we're still in North America. So we have the best of both worlds. That's really the best way to put it. People are great. We have fantastic restaurants, um, you know, free COVID and hopefully, you know, getting out of COVID. Uh, we have a great nightlife as well, too. So there's a great vibe to the city overall. There's Lots of startup businesses. There's definitely a great fashion community. Lots of design and great brands that are coming out of here, as well as a big uh, tech and AI uh, industry. So, um, yeah, really very attached to the city, and uh, there's no other place that I choose to live in. Well, that's great, and you you endure the winters for you know what everything else it has to offer. And it's just a short flight to New York. It's like yeah, it's uh, it's a 50-minute flight approximately, you know, depending on the day. But um, so it's very close to New York. It's close to Chicago. It's close to a lot of great uh, American cities. It's not too far from Europe. So it's really um, it's really well positioned. And it does get cold up here in the winter, but that's part of the charm. I think, uh, you know, any true Canadian will tell you that. And as long as you're <laughs> working to save the duck code, you should be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Exactly. So it's, it's proven to last um, the winter. So it's exactly. last in New York winter. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and and what I always like to finish is, you know, especially in your case, being in the business for 40 years, you know, that's that's a huge testament. Um, so do you have any advice to anyone in the industry, um, given the fact that it, it is a tough industry to succeed in? 
Yeah, definitely, Ryan. It's a it's a tough industry, but I think um, particular to the fashion industry, you need to be passionate. If you don't have passion, um, you know, you, you can't be in this business. They either say you're passionate or you're crazy, or maybe you're a bit of both. But um, you know, be passionate, never give up on what you believe in. Um, you have to love what you're doing. It's just that type of business. Otherwise, you know, don't be in it. And um, you know, at the end of the day, my advice would be stick to stick to what you believe in and, and try to stick to a niche or some sort of a uh, direction and be consistent. You know, consistency is key. I like to always compare uh, the fashion industry to the restoration industry. You need to be consistent, right? We're we're, we're all humans, and um, you know, when you come to a product that is emotional that you have a connection with, you want to get the same thing all the time. So the consistency factor, I think, is very very important. And as long as you continue to to follow in the same trend of what you believe in, uh, whatever that may be, I believe that ultimately you will succeed. So that would be my advice to you if you're in the fashion industry and um, uh, should be fine. That's great. That's great advice, especially consistency as well. Because um, sure, if you if you if you change your DNA, then you know everyone's going to notice. So that that's 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 a good analogy that you make. So thank you for that. And you know. Um, Thank you again for taking the time to chat shop with me. And um, I'm sure I'll see you in New York uh, once the borders open up officially. So, merci encore. Merci, Ryan. Thank you so much. And uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Excite me on Dr.